With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Current Blue. My name is Dan Rowlandson. I'm joined here this afternoon by John Townley to discuss Villa's to-do list in the January transfer window. And we've put uh, nine tasks together that Villa can hope to achieve this month. Some of them are transfer related, uh, hence the title. Some of them are, you could argue, a slightly longer term. But uh, we're here to look at Villa's kind of immediate future over the next 20, 30 days or so. Uh, Only three games this month, including the FA Cup. So transfers is obviously something people want to talk about. But John, most reports suggest it's probably going to be a quiet month for Villa, isn't it? Yeah, that's only what we were expecting anyway. Um, obviously, there's three weeks left of the window as we're recording this. Um, and we didn't expect any... Uh, I mean, the January window is all about opportunities, isn't it? It's not that Villa don't have mm. the money or FFP is right on them or um, anything like that. And yes, they need to be kind of cautious about what they do and they need to balance it with what they want to do in the summer. But at the moment, Villa are at a point now where we, there's no... Um, I mean, people will probably disagree, but I don't think there's a clear position at the moment where they'll have to strengthen and they have to spend 30 million and 40 million pounds on a player, especially the January window where those players are simply unattainable, really. I know Tottenham have bought a couple of players, Werner and uh, Dragerson or something, but um, yeah, for Villa, they need to improve their squad by improving their 11, basically. Mm. Although, um, obviously, Duran could go. That means a striker would come in. But, again, that striker's got to be able to can, to compete with Watkins. And that's much um, you know much harder said than done than what it would be in the summer. So, yeah, let's see what happens in the next three weeks. But I'm not expecting anything particularly, um, should we say, exciting. Maybe a couple come in to bolster the squad, but nothing um, kind of out of the ordinary for a January window. Mm, I think if it would be the case that if there's anyone comes in, it's probably because there's people left and we need to to bridge those gaps in in the squad in terms of personnel. If yep. you're talking about improving a squad, the squad's very good. We're second in the Premier League. Like who who is available in January that makes Got us it. better? Is a uh, it's probably slim pickings. I disagree with you in the sense that I don't think there's a standout position. I think that there are positions that Villa need to to rectify, but I don't see that happening now. I think that's a, a summer yep. rebuild job rather than January. However. Everything we've just said will preface the fact that we're not saying that this is stuff that Villa will do, what Emery wants to do these things. This is just our opinion of what could happen, what Villa probably might need to look at. The list we put together is also from the suggestions of social media as well. So uh, this isn't all just me and John. We'll get straight into it, though, with number one. Uh, I've put assess the squad. Now, this isn't really something that Villa will do in January. This is a continual process, isn't it? That the, the club staff will be assessing what they've got all the time Um, but January is a good kind of marker for us to look at it at least and go right there is an opportunity to change things if you want to 
do we need to? What is the squad like? Where are we? Um, how do you assess what we've got there, the makeup of that squad? Yeah, as I said, I don't think there's any positions where, and I'm talking about the starting eleven here, I know that we need to buy another right back and possibly another forward and Villa are looking at the tracking different wingers, etc. But the Villa have to buy those players right now. I don't think they do for the sake of, for example, waiting on Jeremy Frimpong's release clause of 35 million to come up in the summer. Do you wait on that or do you buy a player for 20 million now? And that's the player that you're going to have for the next two or three years competing with cash or playing above him or whatever. Um, so, yeah, again, all, for me, it's all about opportunity. Yes, they would have assessed their squad and... While that's important, Emery has always said that he wants to improve all the positions. And I remember saying a few days ago, or maybe it was on a Monday show last week or something, that last summer we saw Paul Torres come in, we saw Telemans come in, first two signings in positions where we were arguably strongest. Mm. Um, you know, obviously Tyra Mings gets that injury, and now the Torres signing. I mean, it was good anyway, but you know that was so important because of that reason as well. Um, not that we foresaw that happening, but yeah, that just kind of proves that while a position might not look like an knee strengthening, I wouldn't... I don't want to presume that Emery's just looking at right-back and forward areas, mm. for example. He's yeah, probably yeah. looking at left-back as well. Do you know what I mean? It, it's um, across across the whole spectrum. And again, it's, as you said earlier, it's about what a player's doing in terms of their own careers. They might be looking at moves elsewhere. I don't know. Um, we'll see. Again, that's for the summer. But in January, I think it's all... It's all I think it's pretty quiet across the division, to be honest. I'm not yeah, expecting it is, yeah. That. And, across the Premier League in general. Like I think it says all the, have Chelsea signed anyone? They probably have somewhere, but um that probably says everything you need to know that they actually do need to sign players and I know they've spent so much already. Um but they do need new players. So yeah, I think the the position that Villa are in, you know, they would have assessed the squad, but then it's assessing what opportunities are there. And at the moment nothing presented itself. Maybe it does in the next few weeks, who knows? But mm. at the moment, um yeah, we're fine. Yeah, the next couple of uh, entries, I guess you'd say, on this list are position based and these come from social media and the overwhelming majority of people suggest we do need a right back. And I'm inclined to agree with that. Matty Cash is our only out and out right back. Ezra Conch is obviously playing a lot out there as well. Who's I'd rather him play in the middle because he's a central defender and he's better there. Do we need a right back right this second in January though? Dan Bardell a few weeks ago did a video for us saying Villa don't need anyone in January. We don't need to make any signings whatsoever. And a few people yeah. agree with that, but most people thought, oh, you're mad. Like We could close the gap on the top four. We need improvements. We need a big £50 million striker, etc. I just don't foresee those things happening in January for Villa. And obviously, we could be wrong and something pre presents itself that Villa have to jump at because the opportunity is there. But I think you're more likely to find a Coutinho in January rather than a Moussa Diaby, for example. No, that's not right back, which is an overall point. No, 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 no. I think you're spot on. The one that books the trend is obviously Alex Moreno, but that's mm. again how many times I was looking the other day at how many um or who sorry Villa have signed in the January windows previous, and only a few of them have actually gone. I want to do that to podcast, by the way. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't name the players that I uh, that I've ranked as actually decent, but there's probably about three or four in the last like seven years mm. um and we've obviously signed more than 10 so um yeah it's very slim pickings in terms of you know what success stories come out of a january window and that I, again i think is for basically every club so for villa to put down 20 30 million pound on a player is um something that comes with risk for me and then why is that club selling that player for that price do you know what i mean they're always going to ask for more um so there's a whole reason there's a whole lot of reasons why uh, the deals have to be as i say 
kind of opportunistic. And um, Alex Moreno was different. He was kind of going down in his contract and he is obviously, I think, 30 now. Um, there was a deal there to be done and Villa were there to do it. And obviously Emery was the one who pushed that move. So um, whether there's a right back like that that Emery's looking at and then we can get done for less than 20 million, I don't know. But then you're asking the same question once more. Is there a player that we're looking at for the summer? And would we need to sign a right back now to then have three right backs next year? That's not something mm. that I think he wants to have because you don't want a bloated squad, do you? You don't want to have players um, on big wages when they're not playing. You know, for example, Luca Dean, who joined the club on, as I say, a big wage, and there was um, you know a chance that he might have left the club in the summer, but he proved himself and proved himself capable of playing in Emery's system. And now all of a sudden, he's you know. A, I mean, he's not playing every game because obviously he's injured at the moment, but you have two quality left-backs there now. Villa need to do that in the right-back position and mm. having one in January, one sign in the summer, and you've got constantly, you've got like four options there. For me, that's too many. Um, so again, it's all up to the club. It's up to the club. They're aware that they'll be wanting to sign a right-back. And yeah, it's all about whether the play that they want will be available in the summer or now because for me, short-term fixes aren't going to help Villa in the long run. It's just um, simple for me, like exactly the Coutinho deal. It was great while it happened, but then we're lucky in a way that a team have taken him off our hands. Mm-hmm. Um, not for a fee at the moment, because it's only a loan, but they've taken, obviously, a proportion of the wage. But now I think Coutinho's future is up in the air again, because I don't know if he wants to be in... Um, Whereas he's in Qatar, I think, with Alder Hale. I don't know if he's going to be coming back and going out on another loan to maybe into Miami or something. But yeah, we'll see. But th- those are the situations you, you, you don't want to have um, where you can't shift those players. They need to be players that improve the team and that is just difficult in January. And just to play devil's advocate ever so slightly, you can get bum deals in the summer as well. This isn't just a January thing. You can be stuck with players yeah. that you don't want in summer windows as well, but it's more likely that play- clubs are willing to offload people that probably aren't good long-term in the January window. I do want to look at Villa's January deals over the course of the last 10 years or so for an episode. Even like you said, the Premier League as a whole, obviously there's good deals that can be done in January. They're not all a write-off, but I'd say it's probably a, unless it's a cliche and something that you just think happens and it's not actually true, it feels like more January signings don't work than do work. Without actually investigating that, I can't say for certain, but that's how it feels at least. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, to be honest with you, I'd almost get rid of the January window <laughs> if it was a bit. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like, yeah. It feels like a a bit of a, a bit of a nonsense. Like you have your summer to prepare your squad, and then yeah, you can get injuries and stuff. But like, I just don't. It just seems a bit of a not a pointless window because I know a lot of clubs can do business thing that can help. But at the end of the day, like for example, I was put put it back on Villa and say, well, if a club came in for one of our players, would we accept those deals? No. So why would we expect? I don't know. Oh, you'd buy Leverkusen because we've already signed two other players. Why would they expect? Why would we? Sorry, expect them to sell one of their best players for, yeah, yeah, yeah. for anything less than a massive fee? So it's just, it just seems a bit, you know. Unless your recruitment's spot on and you're a team like Brighton who can sign that Barco kid, who's clearly a very good talent. Um, yeah, it just seems like a bit of a pointless window to me. So it's kind of a, you know, 
the transfers always come with lots of hype and stuff, and especially the window. But I don't like the whole, um, you know, this club should be doing this, this club should be doing that. When it's actually, well, can they do this? Can they do that? Do they want to sign a player that's not going to be with them in two years? Like it just seems a bit of mm. a lot of hype for nothing, really. But just my well, I can't feel the same way to be honest. I don't want to like put downbeat energy on the video. Like oh, transfers, transfers, transfers. <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm I'll, I'll inclined to agree with everything you said. Um, having said that, number three on our list is a backup goalkeeper. Something yeah. that probably is more likely in a January window than not more likely in a January one than a summer one, but more likely than a big deal to happen. Uh, that there's an experienced goalkeeper sat on somebody's somebody's bench somewhere that we think well, actually we can take them and he can play in the cups or, or whatever, or a young goalkeeper maybe coming back from a, a loan spell or like Sinasalo coming back to us, things like that maybe. Uh, you, you could level at Villa as uh, a possible option. Robin Olsen is currently injured. I seem to remember thinking that his partner might have had a baby, but I might have totally made that up uh, a few weeks back and that's why he was missing from a squad once and then he came back and he was injured. Might be wrong. Um, but there's a there's a place there, isn't there, that you can make an argument that if Villa are to do any business this year, maybe it's somebody to put behind Emi Martinez. Back in the summer when I was out in America, I asked them about that dynamic between Olsen and Martinez because obviously Villa were going to be playing in Europe. There was going to be lots more games possibly for a backup keeper, but as it's turned out, Martinez is playing the European games as well, which I totally agree with. You play your, best, <laughs> play your best goalkeeper um, for those games. And I understand Olsen's been playing in, well, he played the Carabao Cup game. He would have played in the FA Cup, I'm pretty sure as well. Um, and at the time, Emery said that he's happy with those two keepers and then a backup goal sorry and then a third goalkeeper who's younger mm-hmm. there was no mention of him wanting to sign another keeper but then in this window he kind of came out with it himself and said that he wants uh, another goalkeeper another young goalkeeper to kind of um build his way up and play in his style so mm-hmm. i'd expect a young goal a younger goalkeeper sorry I, that doesn't mean he has to be 21 it could be 24 because for goalkeepers you know obviously they don't come into their prime until about 30. Um, so I'd expect the keeper to join either in this window or in the summer. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's going to be a player who's going to be able to compete in terms of playing that number two, um, not number two, uh, the backup goalkeeper uh, role straight away. Will he be good enough to play in cup games to Villa, considering he's going to be younger? I'm not. We don't know yet because we don't know the player that Villa are going to sign. They are obviously, obviously tracking a number of young keepers, but yeah, we'll see. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a younger player that will play kind of behind Olsen again and then you'll see Marshall um, go out on loan potentially I'm not too sure Villa have obviously got their own younger goalkeepers Sinisalo as well is currently out on loan I think is at extra at the moment <clears throat> yeah I think he's spent time there before so um, yeah we'll see what comes of that but that is a position where Emery wants to um, recruit Sorry, I just bashed my mic up there. Uh, yeah, 100%. The fourth one on our list is a forward option. Now, we've also got, um, we'll do four and five together, actually. Loaning out Duran is also a, an option for this uh, window. There's obviously a lot of talk in the last couple of weeks about an AC Milan move. Talk about like attitude problems and all this kind of stuff that we've spoken about before. Um, Duran going out and a striker slash hybrid forward coming in again would make sense. I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen, but I could see it happening. How do you assess our forward options even with and without Duran? I think at the moment I'm happy with them in those positions. I think it's difficult because I don't think Villa, I think they've got the depth, but I'm still waiting for us to kind of land a kind of a world-class talent that I think, I say I'm still waiting, that's a bit harsh because we've only been competing for Champions League football for half of this season. If we get it, I think we do need to bring in someone who can be consistent every week. You know, you, mm-hmm. you look at Moussa Diaba, for example, who is a 
you know, a top talent. And we're kind of waiting well. for him to, yeah, of course, and we're waiting for him to kind of regain his confidence, I suppose. Um, at the moment, Leon Bailey's playing out of his skin and he's playing as if he could play for any team in the world at the moment. Leon Bailey is that good um, currently. But I don't expect Bailey to be doing that over the whole course of the season. And if he does, then fantastic. But I just think, well, what if one of them's injured? What if... Um, you know, DRB and Bailey both carrying knocks. All of a sudden, we are kind of down to the bare bones really quickly. So, I think for any team that's competing in, around the Champions League and doing it, you know, for a long period of time, you need kind of, I don't know, that sprinkle of kind of world, world-class quality across your team. I think we have it uh, in Pau Torres in defence. We have it in Douglas Louise. And up front, we obviously have a striker in Ollie Watkins who's capable of scoring goals. But I'm just thinking, can we have that bit of dynamite behind him? Mm. Um, supplement that with your Jacob Ramsey's and Leon Bailey's and Diaby and, and whatnot. And obviously that comes at a premium, right? But if you're going to get Champions League football, then that's where you need to spend the money on those types of players. Um, the only thing I'd say as well is that, of course, Emi Buendir will be coming back at some point, yeah. hopefully before the end of the season. Maybe, maybe not. But again, that's a player that I don't think will take us to the next level necessarily. I think it's a player that, again, you can call on and um, use in rotation. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with uh, Zaniolo, whether he's going to be made permanent or not yet. Um, if he does go back, then Buendia kind of just takes up his mm. role or what it was this season, that kind of rotation player. And I'm you know, happy with that. Villa are going to be playing a lot of games next season if they get... Well, they will get Europe. Europe yeah. yeah, depending on what level, but there's going to be lots of games there, hopefully in the Champions League. So, yeah, we'll see. And on Duran, it goes to that opportunity part of the January window if Villa can source a strike that can play um, play minutes alongside or in place of Ollie Watkins then they'll do it but how difficult is that going to be to mm. get in the January window and I, the last thing I'd want Villa to do is to sign a player on a longer contract as you say Dan who's maybe entering the latter years of his career and he just doesn't suit and like a Danny Ings kind of like, like a Danny Ings like a I was going to go with Boy Basson but that was almost just the well, I don't even know if that costs as much any. I don't I think it's a free one. Or we paid off his contract, I can't remember. Um obviously we're a level above that now, but that sort of signing that's on a big wage and you you can't shift him and um mm. that isn't something that I expect Monty or Emery to do, to be honest. So, you know, I'm happy with John Duran standing as the number two striker. The only thing I would question is if we are actively looking to sign a striker and he knows that, and to be fair, he wants minutes himself, so he'd be up for going out on loan depending on what club it was. Budge don't want an unsettled player in the camp. If he is, you know, if he's got um, plans to leave and he wants to go in this window, then I still wouldn't want Villa to kind of just force a striker into the squad. I still wouldn't want that. So um, I think it would then be up to Durant to kind of, you know, after the window ends and he knows he can't leave, then he's got to knuckle down. And I know that's, you know, something that he's struggled to do since he's joined because he wants to play and he wants to prove himself, but. He's 20 years old. He's playing for, at the moment, the second best team in the Premier League. He's playing in Europe. He could be playing for a Champions League club. I think he just kind of needs to sit back and realise what he's got because if he, going, if he goes to AC Milan, which I don't think is going to happen at, at this stage, he'd be behind three or four strikers. Mm. Um, yeah. And then you're going If he's going to go out alone, he's got to play. He's got to be starting exactly. games. Like I know he's come off the bench yeah. a lot for Villa. Like we spoke about him last week or this week earlier, actually, on, on the show. That like, if he's at, if there are attitude problems and all these kind of things, he won't be in an Emery squad. He's, yeah. he's come off the bench what, 30 yeah, odd times under Emery. If you're not fit to play in an Emery side, you're shipped out. It's as simple as that. So there is clearly something there for Duran. But if he's going to go out on loan, 
There's no point going and sitting on the bench for somebody else. Might as well stay with us and do that. You've got to go out and start a game somewhere, wherever that is. Yeah, the kid's got talent, but he just needs to understand, I think, where he's at. He's, you know, I've, I've missed off that he's playing under one of the best managers in Europe. <laughs> like, there's nothing that he has here that he... He's got everything here, basically, apart from starting every game. But what do you expect? You joined from Chicago Fire 12 months ago. You, you've come a long way in 12 months or <clears throat> even six months because at the back end of last season, he didn't look like he was quite up to it. He was too raw. But I think this season, he does look better. Um, and if he continues that progress, he'll be okay. And he'll be playing, going to fill in the Champions League and stuff like that, what he wants to be doing. And by the age of 23, 24, who knows? Maybe he'll be taking uh, Watkins' place then as well as main forward. And that's your career path. And yeah, it's not yeah, bad. Yeah. So, um yeah, kind of don't, what's the word, or what's the phrase, sorry, kind of don't, um, be careful what you wish for, is my... Mm. Uh, the grass it, isn't always greener. Exactly, that's my yeah. message to John Duran. We'll move on from Duran in a second. We've also got the, the Harry Kane problem, which I'm now going to rename from now on, the Ollie Watkins problem. Yeah. Who signs to Villa as a striker to be back up, knowing you're not going to start games? I know we yeah. play somebody off Watkins, and that's Diaby at the moment. You've got Watkins, Diaby, Bailey. You don't come to Villa if you're starting games at another club, knowing you're not going to be sat on the bench. Same with Spurs and Harry Kane. Who do they sign as a backup to Harry Kane who plays every single minute? Now that's Ollie Watkins at Villa. It's a very difficult position to find and you need somebody like a Duran who's young and willing to be the backup man or an experienced yeah. striker coming to the back end of their career on a short-term deal or a loan. You don't want to be stuck, stuck with somebody like a Danny Ings, like you say, on a high wage. So it's a limited market that Villa are shopping in and unless they can get Somebody better than Ollie Watkins, which we've, we've discussed, doesn't really exist for unless you're paying astronomical fees. What are we expected to do? <laughs> we're yeah. in a pretty good place, I think. Yeah, we're in that awkward... It's not an awkward position. It's a very good position, but we're in that place where we're not, you know, kind of your Man Cities or even Arsenal. I mean, Arsenal have Enketia and Jesus, but almost any club, really, apart from the very, very elite at the top, three or four in the world will have maybe two top strikers but then you take Erling Haaland out of City then they're left with Alvarez who um, isn't really a striker he's kind of a second striker or midfielder that advances so um, yeah any team will have that problem it's it's not a it's not a Villa problem mm. I mean it's a problem if, if it becomes one right but it's not that we're not trying to sign a striker and, and that we can't and there's an FFP and there's this and there's that yes all those things are true but that's not preventing us from signing a player what's preventing us is exactly what you just said there Dan it's very difficult especially in January let alone in the summer yeah. to sign a player who's nearly as good as Ollie Watkins and expect him to be on the bench and if he is on the bench I'd question his ambition <laughs> if they're that good if they're on yeah. a huge amount of money why would you come to us and sit on the bench you know you, you want a player like John Duran who's ready to you know, to fight for his position and what you know, and uh, be hungry and willing to fight for the fight for the cause. But unfortunately, Duran, you know, I'm sure he is all of those things. But he wants to play, and I, again, I do think he just needs to look at himself and think, "This is my position. Here's where I am. It's a very good position to be in." So, um, yeah, hopefully, you can kind of see that with a bit more clarity uh, in the mm. next coming weeks or so. We're going to take a short break from our list, John, and I want you to talk to me about WhatsApp and our Villa WhatsApp community. I've seen this on social media this morning. Obviously, I know about it anyway, but I've seen you promoting it on social media this morning. I'm going to ask you to explain what it is, and I'll play the Devil's Advocate fan. Are you going to bombard me, John, with messages and adverts and other things that I don't want? What is this thing? Explain. Uh, no, I won't be doing any of those things. So... This is a WhatsApp community. I don't know if you've seen. I would flash my phone up and stuff, but I don't want to give away all my uh, phone book contacts and stuff. Basically, if you go to Birmingham Live, you'll see it. And we can plug it in the comment section of this video as well, Dan. Mm -hmm. It's a community in WhatsApp, so it will appear in your messages section, basically. And it's going to be myself that kind of um, 
we'll be posting content on there. So articles that we do, podcasts that we do as well from Claret and Blue, and it will be sent to you like a message. And it won't be like a message an hour. It will be probably three messages, maybe four messages a day, something like that. But it will be content from myself. Hopefully, that's good quality content and good quality podcasts as well. Basically, means that you won't be missing anything. And it won't be spamming everything that we produce on Birmingham Live website. It will be breaking news, um, any transfer headlines, features, any interviews we do, all the podcasts and stuff. It basically means that you won't miss it because it's going to go to your phone. Um, and don't worry, you can back out whenever you want. Your phone number won't be kind of traceable to anyone else um, that's in the group at the moment. I think, well, I don't know exactly, but we've got a few uh, hundred people who joined it this morning, which is great. Hopefully that will continue to grow. And yeah, it just helps us as well because we can see what uh, you guys want and what you're um, clicking, that sort of stuff. So yeah, it will be sent to your phone. I think it's a good idea. Hopefully you enjoy it. And you can see if you, Dan will leave the kind of the privacy notice as well. Um, and all the kind of, I don't know, the red tape, that sort of stuff. Yeah, the teasing. Yeah. And the, it's all free. You can back out all of that stuff. So um, yeah, but that will all be in the comments. Yeah, there'll be a link in the description on YouTube and in the podcast on Spotify. You click the link, you go to WhatsApp, you press join. It's literally yeah. as simple as that. It's absolutely free. I will flash up my phone very quickly and, and maybe blur some of the other messages. But I've got one. I oh, can't see it anyway because the, the camera's blurry. But in my list of WhatsApps for the day, there's Aston Villa breaking news halfway down. Uh, you go to the community and there's a message there from John, yeah. which is a story That's that you Q&A, which is live. A Q&A yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't reply to this as I'm just a user in this. I'm not like an admin or anything. Yeah, you, can't so, reply. you can't speak back to us. It's literally yeah. just a service to get essentially notifications for, hi, it's John. I've written this today. Go and read it. Hi, it's yeah, John. Yeah, yeah. Here's a podcast I did. Go and watch it. It's for that. And it goes straight to your phone, straight to your WhatsApp. And to be fair, it's very handy. And hopefully people get on board with it. If you think it's annoying, you can exit out of the group. It doesn't cost you anything to leave. You don't have to give us your email address or anything. You just go and it's gone. And that's that. On with the rest of the list. By the way, get used to us plugging it. We'll be doing that over the course of the the next few episodes. So if, uh, if you don't join it, you can try and join it on the next episode. <laughs> uh, back with the rest of the list. Well, these ones are pretty quick fire. Not specific to January, really. This next one, I've got number six as give Leon Bailey a new contract. Now, obviously, this is not something that has to be done in January. It doesn't even need yeah. to be done in the next what, three, four, five, six months, really. I think his deal runs out in the summer of 2025. But yeah. it's one of those things that you don't want it, the contract to run down too far. He's on the form of his life. Do it now. Yeah, precisely. The only thing you'd say is that hopefully he's not playing out of his skin because of that contract. And when he signs it, then he <laughs> kind of um, steps off the gas. But I don't think that would be the case. I think, uh, you know, he's he's adapted now to Premier League football. It's taken him a while, but he's here. He's confident in his own body and he's producing the goods. So, yeah, Villa need to get that sorted. They signed Mings, McGinn, Concer, and I knew there'd be one that... Oh, there's, there's one that's lost on me from last year anyway. So, Villa are... You know they're open to giving, uh, rewarding their players, should we say? Um, and they're ready to open the Watkins was the other one. There we go, four players. Um, yeah, Villa are ready to reward Bailey as well. So hopefully that gets done um, sooner rather than later. And again, yeah, fully deserved. Yeah, not much more to say about that one. As we say, not specifically for the January window, but something that I think most Villa fans would agree he deserves a new deal. Get it done. He's a, if, even if you don't rate him and think he needs to be moved on in the next year or two. He's an asset worth money, so you give him a contract for that, if nothing else. But at the moment, who do you replace someone like Leon Bailey with? He's, he's doing exceptionally well. So, uh, yeah, sign the new deal, please. Uh, the next one, almost a little bit tongue-in-cheek, these last couple, not about transfers. So we've finished our transfer chat for this afternoon. I've got number seven, get points against Everton and Newcastle. These days, I'm struggling to kind of work on that 
you know, I'll take four points from these two games because you are now going into every game thinking, well, we want to win that one. We want to win that one. We want to win the next. You know, it's um, if you offer me four points now, I want to take it possibly. But then if we beat Everton, you wouldn't take a draw against Newcastle. So it's yeah. uh, it's difficult. I, I still look at every game as very difficult. <laughs> I really do. And I'm still waiting. I've said this for a while. Uh, maybe I'm being negative, but I'm still waiting for that kind of 10 out of 10 away performance. I still haven't seen it yet. We've got good results away from home, not, you know, completely. And we are, what, seventh in the form table, I think, away from home. Uh, but, yeah, I'm waiting for us to go to a place like Everton and win 2-0. And I think I said this before, but, you know, control the game, don't give up many opportunities, score with our chances and just play very well. And, again, I'm kind of being picky because we've been excellent at home and this season so far has been remarkable, the best I've seen in my lifetime. But, yeah away from home can we just go to Goodison um get the win again I'm <laughs> kind of going against myself here but I'd take a win n- no matter how it comes Me however too, yeah. for the long term for the rest of the season if we were to get Champions League football and I can't turn around and say that we played you know amazing in any away game that would be quite strange so I do think we need to get those away performances correct and at the moment we're seeing uh, teams when we're at home sit back more respect us more so there are going to be more challenges in the second half of the season um, so I do think you know we've done extremely well in the first half the second half I think it's going to be another massive test number eight on our list I hope I've kept all these in by the way to keep the numbering uh, consistent but number eight I think is um, trying to work out how to beat a low block or people I know some people don't uh, like the phrase low block but sitting in deep right. but whatever you want to call it um, again not specific to January and don't even think specific to our next couple of fixtures in Everton and Newcastle I don't think they'll play this style of football but mm-hmm. for something to Emery work on in the background away from transfers and away from this um, shorter month of matches working out a way to shut out an opposition that are going to sit in against us and, and break them down it's something that yes while we're still picking up points and, and turning in performances and, and climbing the table it's not a huge deal but eventually you feel like maybe that um, result over the performance might wear thin and we do start need to to put in a performance in to get the points I know that sounds mad um, but it's something that Villa need to sort out at some point yes and I think we have been so good at home because the majority of the time we've gone a goal ahead and we can then pick off the opponent mm. and yep. kind of play that we want play the way that we want to <clears throat> whereas if we go a goal down we will struggle we struggled against palace um until Durant comes on and scores a worldie mm-hmm. other games we've struggled when we go behind so yeah that is a concern and as i said just then i kind of ruined the last point they're done but that is the challenge for us in the second half of the season and again my point earlier about if we were to get Champions League and we've got the ability to spend big on a kind of a creative player that can play behind a striker and that sort of thing this is why those teams have those players because they will be playing against most teams at home when they are you know 11 men behind the ball that sort of thing and they will they won't struggle to break them down because they have quality to do so and we have players who have got quality but have, have so far played um kind of on the counter-attack in the space, stuff like that, which is um, a reason why we've done so well this season because we've kind of played, or other teams have played into our own hands and we've obviously Mm. capitalised on that. So, yeah, that is a concern of mine, the away performances rather than the form itself. I don't think it's been particularly about uh, poor. And the home um, performances from now on will teams, as as you say, sit back. For example, if Newcastle get a goal against us early on um, or any point in the game and go one up, that will be a real challenge for us to get back in the game because they will sit back and they'll be desperate to uh, to beat us because I think they've got the fourth worst away record in the division. Yeah, not been good. Um, Exactly. So, yeah, both of those things are 
will test us in the next what four or five months and the final point on our to-do list for january is january specific in fact to the 27th of january beat chelsea in the FA Cup is something that I feel like we not we have to do, of course, but we all want to go as far as we can in the FA Cup uh, this year after beating Middlesbrough 1-0. Some people call it a boring tie to get Chelsea away. Uh, got them in the League Cup, didn't we, last season? What was it the season before, even possibly? Yeah. Uh, Cameron yeah. Archer scored. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it last year? No, season before. The season before. Dane Smith was in charge one year, I think. Wow, Christ, it's a long time ago, it feels. Um it's like people like the idea of a, a lower league tie or like some people saying like because of the possible Albion uh, Wolves fourth round tie. Why couldn't we get Birmingham and all this kind of stuff? Let's have one of the big boys. And maybe it's weird to call Chelsea a big boy considering where they've been for the last 18 months or so. Beat Chelsea is the last thing on our to-do list for, for Villa this month. Yeah, I don't you know, particularly mind the draw. I think the name Chelsea and playing away comes with a lot of fear for some people. Um for me, it doesn't. I think they're a pretty poor team. <laughs> I was not surprised that they lost to Middlesbrough. So I'm okay with it. Uh, yes, I would have preferred a home tie for sure for travel more than anything else. But um, <laughs> it's a weekend game. Stamford Bridge away. We've beaten them once this season. We can definitely do it again. They're not a particularly good team. We we could probably sack Pochettino as well uh, if we wanted to be particularly like mischievous about it. But yeah, it's okay. I mean, yes, we could have got Newport at home or, you know, Southampton at home or something like that. And those, we never seem to get, we got Stevenage at home, didn't we? Can't say that. But <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, in, why could yeah, we you, just you look at like Man United having to just beat Wigan on Monday night and then they get, is it Eastley away in the, yeah. in the next yeah. round? You think, <laughs> Newport, not to get, yeah, to get the easier tie in yeah. there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why, why can't we just get four home games in a row in the cup? Like, I, I think Leeds went, like years and years and years only getting away games or something and it's yeah, bizarre, years, it's, I think. it's like a 50-50 chance of course that you get pulled out yeah. you know um, so why couldn't it just be four home games in a row when we have to start with two away games but yeah it is what it is um, hopefully we'll be fine and if we get past Chelsea then all of a sudden again kind of as we were saying in the video before then the FA Cup becomes a bit of a reality of oh we could start to do this if we beat Chelsea then get I don't know I'm using Southampton a lot but Southampton at home we can beat Southampton and then all of a sudden what are we then in the quarterfinal I think then you've got a realistic chance of getting to well, of course getting to Wembley but then maybe to the final so um, yeah let's see if we get past Chelsea and see what the draw brings up then then it's um, yeah all eyes on the FA Cup so hopefully we can do that. And that is our nine entries for Villa's to-do list in January. Not all of them specific to this month and not all of them specific to transfers, but uh, a nice little roundup of where we are uh, heading into a bit of a break for Villa as well after Everton this weekend. Yeah. Um, there will still be content from us on Claret and Blue over the rest of the month, uh, previews and post-match shows and whatnot. And I'm sure we'll do another transfer episode as well at some stage. Uh, the one task that I will set, actually the two tasks I will set you guys watching or listening to this is to get involved in the comment section with our points raised and, and where you think uh, Villa need any any. Strength strengthening and also join the whatsapp community the link is in the description down below that is your second task your bit of homework for this week we'll be back on friday with our inside body more preview show for everton which is, of course we play on sunday hopefully we'll have an opposition preview section in that as well uh, one other thing is a little bit of a, a teaser almost for people who have watched all the way to the end of this is that uh, we want to do more filming in person this year it's a, a task i've set you matt and myself to, to physically meet up in person and, and do some recording together uh, over the course of 2024 I actually look back as uh, a task I set myself. We did 26 videos in 2023 in person, and I want to 
do more than 2020, uh, 26 in 2024, which certainly feels achievable. I'm not promising that we do every episode before people get, in, get at me in the comments. Uh, but exciting to meet up, have a chat about Aston Villa uh, when we're doing so well. We've got to grasp that opportunity with both hands. So, uh, yeah, it'd be a, a pleasure to meet up with you, John and Matt, uh, and special guests as well, and do some uh, filming face-to-face rather than by the courses of StreamYard. Uh, but that's it for this one John thanks for your time as always thanks everyone for watching along get involved in the comments get involved in WhatsApp and we'll see you Friday